Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. Yo, what's up? Nice three-week break, but we're back. It's fucking busy. I don't know what to tell you guys. I am Adam Nutter. How's it going? Uh, you guys know this is Porcupine. Yay. Uh, fun episode tonight. We're going to do a little bit of a difference. We're going to do a little bit of a ideological discussion between the Libertarian Party and the Constitutionalist Party. Before we get into that, just, uh, again, follow me at Adam Nutter on Instagram, at Tattooed Comic on Twitter. I'm on the road uh, this Saturday, November 21st. Oh, November, Jesus Christ. January 21st. Uh, Emmaus Theater, I'm judging a roast battle, and I think I'm doing like a set afterwards, which should be a good time at the Emmaus Theater in Emmaus, Pennsylvania, right under Allentown. Uh, the 28th, Morrisville, Pennsylvania, Ashland Distillery, coming out to that. February 16th, Camden Theater, I'll be there. February 17th, back at the Emmaus Theater, doing a different gig. Uh, March 3rd, LPP, LPPA Convention in Reading, Pennsylvania. Then I'm on the road with Robbie Bernstein, I think in Colorado and stuff, so a lot of shit coming up. It's going to be fun. All right. Uh, it's enough of me. Oh, go check out the Cult of Us podcast. I do with the great Neil Wood, of course, youtube.com slash Cult of Us, all that stuff. Okay, great. Oh, my guests today are, you guys know him, you guys love him. He's been on the show a thousand times from the Libertarian Review podcast. Give it up for my man, Mr. Tyler Yankee. Uh, a thousand <laughs> times and you didn't get the name right. Uh, no, I say it on purpose now. Now it's on purpose. Now it's just okay. a joke on purpose. But it's janky. No, sorry. That's no, the inside no, joke that, for me. It's, it's Libertarian Podcast Review. Let's get that part. What did I say? What did I say? Party I don't review? remember. No, but I'm, I'm glad to be on here to talk about uh, Stephen Crowder and the um, contract <laughs> for another two hours. Let's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh that, that wasn't fascinating uh, news for you or uh, podcasting. <laughs> Listen to Tim Pool talk about Stephen Crowder for two and a so half hours, So disappointed with our boys. They had a chance and the, the topic was really the worst you can Dude, I I'm so mad. <laughs> I had a, I watched like two minutes of this. I was like, yo, these are my boys, but this is rough. Tim Pool is the worst. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and of course, from the Liberty Lighthouse radio show, everybody. Uh, that's right. Radio show, not a podcast. <laughs> give it for the Constitutionalist Party. Give it up for Peter Serafine, everybody. Serafine. Sorry. Serafine. Sorry. <laughs> I'm bad with names. Serafine. Bad with names. You know, I asked you before. Guys, this is going to be... Um, so I was on Peter's uh, radio show, Liberty Lighthouse, talking a little bit about um, libertarianism and the differences between that and, I guess, like a conservative or, in, in Peter's case, a constitutionalist party because he is, a, I believe, a card-carrying member of the constitutionalist party. I, I am a card-carrying <laughs> member yeah. of the constitution party. And uh, what we determined or what we found out was we were pretty much aligned on most stuff. Um, Peter wasn't aware of the uh, Mises caucus and the whole takeover reno thing like he wasn't aware of all that so he was kind of coming at me with a pre woke planks of the libertarian right. party yeah yeah the woke stuff was terrible yeah <laughs> so he, yeah he had like a list ready to go for me i was like wait changed it <laughs> he's like oh damn it so i was trying to uh, In the middle explain. Of a live show no yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I was explaining like all the like abortion stuff has kind of changed and like the uh, the live your life stuff has kind of changed and all that stuff. So um, that was I know a uh, I guess a a problem you have with Libertarian Party. I mean, you if you want to describe it yourself more, not problem, but you know, I never had a problem with anything. You can believe what you want. Yeah. Um, my feeling up until now, and you might change my mind tonight. My feeling up until learning about the party platform change was that a vast majority of the those that are in the libertarian party would probably fit better in the constitution party 
But now that you got all that woke stuff out of your party platform, okay, <laughs> we should work together on some stuff. Like, <laughs> so what? What was your issue? Just all the woke stuff? That was pretty much it. Just pretty that. Much it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did ditch it. Uh, Tyler, it's still it there. Bit, yeah, but not not like it used to be. It's no. more just loosely there, like do do you? There's an there's an internal battle over cool. that exact stuff now, which I think is great rather than just like, oh, it's, it's, it permeates and you just kind of deal with it. I, I did not. So, so Peter, I, I have a lot in common with, with probably with you, uh, more conservative. Um, I, I knew about the constitutionalist party at, uh, 10 credo. I lived out in Colorado at the time. He, he ended up going out there, I think on your guys's ticket for a while. Uh, so I definitely had a connection and I knew about this stuff, but then I went over, I didn't want the libertarian party. And then there was, uh, it was actually Austin Peterson when he ran and he gave a different view of abortion, uh, defending it from the non-aggression principle aspect. And I was like, oh, now I could maybe start getting on board. And, you know, a lot of things changed. Um, Dave Smith, the Mises caucus really put a different perspective. And, you know, the uh, thing that's crazy about libertarian, you can argue almost everything from, you know, this uh, property rights and non-aggression principle. So it's good to actually push back and, and argue those things from a, a, a principled point of view, actually. So, yeah, My stance is why I chose the Constitution Party. Um, I, I really believe that the U.S. Constitution was, well, the, it established probably the, the closest thing to a perfect government that's ever been on Earth. And I think all of our problems in the United States started about 120 years ago when we had a government that started ignoring the U.S. Constitution. And it's stepping beyond all of its constraints and restrictions. And, and that's all of our problem. And if we could actually find a way to restrict it back to the 30 or so enumerated powers and only the 30 or so enumerated powers, that we'd all be you know, fine. I mean, prior to, well, just, I, I always use 1913 as the, the jumping off point of when our government went to hell. Um, prior to 1913, most people weren't aware of their federal government at all. Like, they probably knew who the president was, and that was about it. Because it wasn't in their daily lives. But then in 1913, you got the creation of the Federal Reserve, the uh, income tax, income tax, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the codification of income tax in, in a, a constitutional amendment, because even prior to that income tax had been attempted like three times and the Supreme court kept throwing it out as it's not in the constitution. You can't do this. So they made a constitutional amendment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what I say? Uh, income tax. Oh, and I, I think the 17th amendment, which is which changed how senators get their jobs um, was was a a dramatic blow to the balance of powers that kept the federal government in check. Seventeenth Amendment changed uh, uh, U.S. senators; they used to be appointed by the state legislatures, so the senators reported back to the hundred or so members of your state house, not all of the the. Uh, people of the state so now the senators are basically glorified members of the house of representatives and the state government lost all power to push back 
when the federal government starts crossing the line. Right. Okay. So, th- and this is where you and I started uh, disagreeing on, on on your show because you're you're. I understand your points. Just like if you just stick to the thirty original things and 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 to keep the government in check. Right. But the problem is it never happens. <laughs> right. Like you just said, they added an amendment. That's it. That's all they have to do. They go, oh, well, we're just going to write it into law now, and now it is part of the Constitution. Look at that. And now we're just sitting here going, oh, okay. Or, like it, 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 yeah. Or or the Supreme Court, which once what said kept pushing back and saying. Um, the income tax is not constitutional. Suddenly, it becomes constitutional. So you've got uh, those guys. I would actually say that the um, before 1913, the government was pretty heavy in your life. Like in the 1860s, uh, yeah. there was a lot of. <laughs> you probably knew what was going on. The federal government was definitely opposed. Uh, and Civil you know that, that was a little that was a little unconstitutional. I think you yeah, can make for sure. some arguments. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Lincoln was the uh, the president. To, to this day, that's had the, the most books written about him. And, um, yeah, he definitely did a lot of unconstitutional things. But a lot of people do a lot of things that are wrong during war. Where, where I think Lincoln probably deserves some credit is when the war was over, he gave it all back. He, he let go of all of those things that he did extra constitutionally. It takes a pretty big man to do that. Um, you're right. During the t- during war, of, of course, everybody knows what the government's doing. But I, aside from war, especially yeah. internal civil war, um, I don't. I don't think the average person really knew much about their federal government prior to that. You're you're definitely right about the uh, the progressive era basically coming along mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodrow Wilson and and just uh, overdoing the. Uh, the states and everybody, yes, very much involved. And um, to the point where, I mean, we had, uh, you know, that led to new cases coming up in the, in the early in the twenties and thirties uh, that were, that have changed everything, you know, with the uh, just over-involvement in our lives to, to an extent. How do you feel about that? Um, when you say you want to push back to like the, the 30 or so amendments um, or you know, scale it way back. At what point, uh, what, what is your biggest contention with uh, what we have going on right now? Just just the constant overreach. I mean, I one thing, there's so many ways to argue this, but one is, is you know, the Bible, if you believe in God. The, the, the Bible, you know, 10% in tithe to your church. Well, the government takes like 50%. Yeah. If 10% is enough for God, 10% should be enough for government. So that's one. Um, if you look at those 30 or so, 30 to 36 powers uh, uh, listed in the U.S. Constitution for the federal government, well, then why in the hell do we have 440 federal departments, agencies, and offices? If there's only 30 powers, there shouldn't be any more than 30 offices, right? I mean, isn't logic say, like, why do you have so many offices? The level of redundancy between, not only between federal agencies, but between the federal government and the state governments. Like, every state has a an OSHA, you know, a, an Occupational Safety and Health Department, whatever they call it. Every state has one. But then we also have one at the federal government. And, oh, by the way, there's another department in the federal government that has almost exactly the same mission statement as OSHA. So why why are all of these things ridiculous redundance, ridiculous waste of money? 
the administration state is all, yeah yeah oh yeah completely an administrative state yeah and uh, i mean but some of that is is done through you know the, they they have a a uh, new department. Um, maybe there's some scrutiny about it, and uh, the Supreme Court says it's constitutional. So, how do you push back? And, and, and I'm sorry, Adam. I don't mean to be asking. No, no, no. no. This, we've already had kind of this conversation, so, so that's why I brought you on to, to different well, light. Well, <laughs> no, that's so. Um, how do you? How do you? And, and this is something I, I try to deal with because we're in the real world. You know, I'm more like an Ancapistan type of, or, or anarcho-capitalist, which yeah, would like to we, do we away with the, this uh, conversation. Yeah, we had which would like to do away with the, on, yeah. with the government, of course. But uh, with the, the, we're not going to get there. So I think until until we get to a place where that is going to happen, Peter and I and, and Adam could walk hand in hand on a, li- a lot of aspects of, of you know where we're where we're headed. Um, I don't know. I did. I have a we both want to shrink. It's just uh, at, yes, yeah. At yeah. some point, oh, I sure. want shrinking to stop, and you all want it to keep continue to shrink. <laughs> <That's> yeah, the- <laughs> kind of yeah, because because your 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 argument to me uh, on your program was I was like, well, we could privatize things, and you're like, well, that's what a government is, and I was like, well, no. no. no, no. You were <laughs> describing a democracy. You vote well, on the laws, and then you vote to hire a private organization to. That's democracy, right? But it's not a government, though. You could have democracy and not a government. You could still be democratic and not have a, a governing body over over a, gr- a group of people, though. If well, the group of people is voting, it's still government. What way were you vote? Were you talking about voting? Pol- private police department. I mean, I, I don't I, personally. I'd just say that that's that's uh, for hire, and the more competition you have, the better. That's what um, I was saying. I, I agree with that part. <laughs> yeah. of it. But how do you, like you know where? It, so you've got a private police department that's enforcing laws. Where did the laws come from? Well, that's well, we voted on them. Yeah. No, well, no, I wouldn't know, say about voting. It's it's common law. How that uh, evolves is through common law, which is you you take someone who's an authority of some sort. And look, we're we're not against hierarchy at all. I and mean, you're going to have some sort of structure. Peter, I will say this, and and this is where we always get we always go to the most difficult and the most extreme kind of argument to to work there. Yeah. Those are th- <laughs> this is what's great about. Um, technology and the fact that the free market does enable ideas and possible outcomes that we are not there. And so I understand you, you go to the, the minute one where I don't have an, an answer for that. And I think we could work it out as a, as a, you know, individuals and communities. Um, but once again, if we, if we push our way back before we even get to that yeah. kind of space, there's so much more we can, we can work on. I just think, I mean, you tell me what, what is something that the government does that you, are, uh, th- you think they do better than the private? Nothing. There's ab- absolutely right. nothing right. that the government does effectively or efficiently. Well, they kill. They, they're really good at killing. Yeah. They're really good at killing. Right. wasting <laughs> money. So, so with that in mind, there's always, okay, well, if that's the case, then there's probably something, and, and look, this does not mean a utopia. There's going to be massive problems right. no matter where there's you go. corruption no matter be, what. Yes. We're human exactly. beings. We're going to be corrupt. I, I think there's easier or, or better. I mean, a prime example, you have all this stuff that's happening with the Twitter files and you have the government being involved and they're suppressing mm-hmm. people and they're, uh, you know, stomping all over their first amendment rights. What is the redress? Well, I mean, look at, not to ignore your question, but, you know, going back to to the COVID thing, yeah, the, the lockdowns, like your first, fourth, your first, second, fourth 
and Seventh Amendments, I think. I forget. There was like a list. You could check well, there was off. a third there as well. For I a think while. it's the top five. They just uh... – <laughs> It's like, oh, we'll just take this half and throw it away. That doesn't matter. They, they, on that point, they actually took at one point – I think it was in New York. They they put up uh, the military or so like uh, the National Guard in hotels. And, and so the Third Amendment was literally in there as well. well it depends. Were, were the hotels uh, doing it voluntarily and being paid for it? Well, or were they saying, put up our beds? Well, yeah. that's I, like, yeah, but that's see, the problem is with that is like, right, volunteer, just like how technically, <laughs> technically the government didn't force you to get a shot. They just forced companies to force you to get a shot to work. Yeah. That's their workaround. Which, they don't, they never, they'll never do that because they know that's fashion. Peter, and how know dare that. you step on my joke about the Third Amendment? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I'm working with comedians. You know? Well, no, no, Tyler's a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. The, the uh, fair. The funny thing, if you if you really look at you know the the government didn't force anybody to get the vaccine, so they they tried to push it out and say that you know all executive branch employees have to get it. I'm a mail carrier. The United States Postal Service mm. is part of the executive branch, but the United States Postal Service said, "Fuck you, we ain't doing that," and we never got mandated mm. because we you know. Knew, I probably. mean. We're already drastically short, short-staffed. short We're always short-staffed. The job freaking sucks. Yeah. Our turnover rate is ridiculous. And, you know, if, if you do something like that, you're going to lose so many more people. They're like, we're not doing that. Um, and I might say the mail is like the one thing that the government might do better than the private sector. Mm. Doubt it. <laughs> I mean, I look at uh, look at UPS and FedEx and stuff. They're pretty efficient. Uh, DHL, all those companies are way more uh, efficient. And they're than... all twice as expensive. Yeah, but I'd rather pay for efficiency than not right. efficiency. But the funny thing is, if you get Congress out of the way and you let the you let okay, I don't know if you know this or not, but if the post office wants to raise the price of a stamp, they have to go to this. I forget what it's called, but there's a governing body in mm-hmm. Congress. Okay, and get their permission. Which then has to go in front of you know all of Congress, and even if they get their permission, they're only allowed to increase the price of the stamp up to and including the price of the cost of inflation since the last increase. Okay, we have the world's largest fleet of vehicles that are now thirty-five years old. The youngest of them are now thirty-five years old. And you won't let us raise the cost of a stamp a nickel to replace our fleet. But you're going to mandate from from the White House that we switch over to electric vehicles. Like it's it's actually the Congress getting involved in the relatively independent government agency that's screwing with that relatively independent government agency. Yeah, it, it's it's quasi right. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, no, we're, I mean, I'm a federal employee. We are a executive branch department, but we don't get tax money. Well, until COVID, we don't get tax money. We're we're funded by the cost of postage. Oh, so, that was my question. Oh, so you guys are completely funded just by people using the mail, supposedly. But right. But then you get like Congress coming in and mandating that the that the United States Postal Service pre-fund retiree medical care for like the next 50 years being the only entity anywhere on the planet being forced to do that 
So then we look like we're, we're, we're losing a billion dollars a year and politicians are like, oh, the post office is losing so much money. We should just privatize it. We're losing money because you're making us do stuff that you're not making anybody else do. Well, yeah, well, this, this does go back into the greater argument of like government interferes and gets things muddied up. Sure. But but would the mail would the post office exist without federal government is my question. Even if even if the federal government turned around tomorrow and said, you guys are on your own. Good luck. I think would, we'd be better. Would people still use that or would people just be like, well, I'm definitely going to use some of the servers now. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just I don't know. The Lysander Spooner uh, mail service. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's like price fixing with um, the stamps. I mean, they're they're or price controls, I guess, in a sense. They're not allowing the free market to dictate, you know, because it never goes down. Right. And I mean, it did once are, that I can recall. Once that, we got a temporary price increase when Obama was president and the gas went up so high that we, we got like a, a gas tax increase, basically. But it did expire and it went down. Oh, one there you go. But it still, it still seems to me like your 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 overall argument for government is is kind of you being like, well, if government didn't get in the way of the post office, it would work. We're like, yeah, we know. That's what we keep saying. What I'm trying to say is that the post office is one of the few things that the, that the government probably does. They right, but but you're telling me the government actually muddies it up more. Or, oh yeah, Congress gets involved. Like right. if they were allowed to be more autonomous, they would do better. Um, I, yeah, I, I, but, like, like you and I said on my show. Defense of the nation is is probably the number one priority of a, of a federal government, because even if we in the United States were able to shrink our federal government down to the smallest possible footprint, so small that even you guys were happy with it, <laughs> you'd still need the defense from the other tyrants in the world. Because even if you create the, the, the perfect would you call it utopia? Uh, I'm no, not, it's not, not a utopia. Not utopia. The the uh, was it anarcho capitalist? Oh, oh yeah, society. Yeah. Even if you create the perfect anarcho capitalist society, you still need defense from from the, the the Stalins and the Hitlers and the Maos and the whoever in other countries. Right. No, but I think I, I think what most people would say is the federal government's true only true job really only should be that is prote protection of our borders, but like... Well, I think uh, the, 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 whenever I interview a politician, the first question I ask him is, what do you feel the role of government is? And as far as I'm concerned, there's only one proper answer if you're an American citizen. And that is the, the quote from the Declaration of Independence, to, protect, to preserve these rights, governments are instituted among men. Thomas Jefferson spells out, hey, you're human, and therefore you have these unalienable rights that came from God, and then we create governments to protect these rights. And if you want my vote, then you have to be able to, to tell me that's why you're doing this. And that's the purpose of government. We, like you said earlier, humans are, in, are, are evil. We're corrupt, corruptible, rude, bad-tempered, whatever. Citizen A is going to find a way to take advantage of citizen B. Right. Job, theoretically, according to the Declaration of Independence and our founding fathers, is to limit that as much as possible. Right, but as as we already also established, it's like as we said, people are corrupt. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter; private government doesn't is going to be corrupted. 
the again, this is why I always say the difference between the private thing and the government thing is the government thing, when people are corrupt and we go, hey, you're being corrupt, they go, yeah, right, do something. And we just go, ah, we can't. And they go, yeah, you're right. At least private, there are more, again, we had this argument already, this discussion already, but there's, I still feel like there's more avenues to go down, at least in a private enterprise, to get rid of something or change something than it would be a government enterprise because there's no, there's no um, incentive to do better. But we, the people, have to create that incentive. These, right, but they won't. They won't allow us to. That's the problem. <laughs> all of these elected jobs, all of them, every elected job in the country, has a recall or or uh, impeachment process. We have to pay more attention, and I think that's how we got where we got where we are today. For the last hundred and twenty-five years, our citizens weren't paying attention and allowed the government to grow to the out of control monster that it is now. If we want, I got, I got a question on that. Yeah. You said earlier, you said um, up until 120 years ago, no one was caring about the, the the federal government, and that was seemed to be a good thing. Now you're right. saying we've focused too much on it. Okay, go ahead. I, I just want clarity on that. I, I understand that, and that's a that's a great way to put it out. But it, it again, hu- human nature. Government's not on my back. They're not in my life. I don't care. I'm not paying attention. And then government says, oh, they're not paying attention. <laughs> and grows to the monster that it is today. It, gotcha. It's our own apathy, our own, I always say fat and lazy. We Americans are fat and lazy. We haven't had to struggle for anything in decades. If you want something, you walk to the store and you get it, or you pick up your phone and order it on Amazon. It's right there. You don't have to do anything. And we, we've ignored the government that in the beginning was good, and then it was not so good, and then it got bigger and more corrupt and bigger and more corrupt and, and, and kept doing it. And now they're in every aspect of our lives. They're horribly corrupt, and they, they clearly don't care about our rights or the Constitution anymore. Hell, the guy in the White House now stood at a podium and said, well, all of my constitutional experts tell me that we can't use the CDC to uh, extend the eviction moratorium, but we're going to do it anyway. That That's clearly impeachable. He has an oath to support and defend the Constitution. He stood at a podium and said, I know this is unconstitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway. But right. why, isn't he, why hasn't he been impeached yet? A, a, well, it gets worse because um, remember, they, they, was it that one or the OSHA? I think it was a CDC one you're, you're actually speaking of. Uh, they, they had the Supreme Court heard it and they, they said, oh, you're right. It's, it's not constitutional, but it's going to expire. So we're just going to let it, this go. And yep, then right. what does he do? He does it again. Yep. So you're right. He's not impeached. Um, I mean, you're not going to defend the, the Republicans, obviously. Oh God, no! They, they <laughs> okay, okay. We, we'll we'll rip on them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure, have to. I mean, obviously, the weakest during COVID ever. I mean, absolute cowards. They, they, oh, they, yeah. they're, they're 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 more. They're at least half the reason why we're in the position we are in the first place. Right. If any, if I, any, if, if four of them had the balls to snap and be like, actually, we're not going to shut down. Actually, we're not going to force this. We wouldn't be where we are. But the fact they all went, okay, let's give money to Ukraine also <laughs> when that comes around in four right. years. The Ukraine, which for 30 years our government has been telling us we have absolutely no strategic or, or, or economic interest in Ukraine at all. But now all of a sudden we've got to give them 
you know, was it a hundred billion dollars? Hundred billion in ticking. Right. You know, and speaking of which, um, when Vladimir Zelensky was named Time Magazine's person of, he's the a hero, year, though. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta give heroes that reward. <laughs> I took, I I took that magazine cover and put it next to the magazine cover of 1938's Time Magazine name. <laughs> you know who that is? Yetler, yeah. Okay. Mr. Adolf. I, I put the two of them side by side. And I posted it on all of my social media platforms with the caption, does anybody else see the similarities? Yeah. That video on TikTok was struck down before it was seen by anyone. Wow. And I hit the appeal button. And almost immediately, the appeal came back denied. I didn't, well, say, I didn't say anything. It was captions only. Yeah, I, I know time, time likes to say, it's not about, we're not like recognizing these people. I'm like, yeah, but you are. No, it's, not about, <laughs> it's not about good or evil. It's about influence. Right. It's like, <laughs> no, but if you put someone on a major cover for a major magazine, you're, you're, you're platforming that person in a positive well, light, no matter what you say. <laughs> when Peter's uh, stuff gets struck down, it's, then it's obvious they're lifting him up, right? Otherwise, you're like, oh, yeah, obviously two bad guys, you know, it's fine, <laughs> but um, you can't. Yeah, that's what are you going to do? TikTok. Chinese didn't like that uh, meme, I guess. Right. And that's what I don't get. You would think that, <laughs> that the Chinese people that run TikTok would want as much dis dissension within the United States as possible. Why do they keep striking down my conservative stuff? Because it doesn't go along with the agenda, I think. I think we all know that uh, very clear. I mean, Twitter files pretty much. So the, what we all knew anyway. of, so the Chinese are part of the, uh, you know, World Economic Forum, global WHO take over the world, everything agenda. You know, there's, there's Chinese police departments in New York City in yeah. Europe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But why is that not a bigger deal? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, you tell me. <laughs> I, I never realized that the Chinese were so involved. With uh, yes, we all know. I mean, they've got a plan, a published plan. They want to take over the world. I didn't realize that they were so in tune with the other groups that want to take over the world, too. I so maybe it's that they just... want to uh, drive down American culture so that we are able to be subverted and, and taken over. Mm -hmm. and that, maybe that's why they struck down your video. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's definitely a, a, a cultural, war, cultural war happening in America right now. That's pretty obvious. I mean, <laughs> hence the Libertarian Party, us trying to... You know, I mean, listen, we still are libertarians, so we could only say and do so much with our ideology that reflects it, especially with the plank stuff, like Tyler said. Like, some of the woke stuff still... Uh, I, yeah, like, it is, but not like how it was. Like, that woke shit was very... Like, the what was it? The uh, We condemn bigotry as ra irrational and, and, and repugnant. Yeah. Like, who's that for? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, who's that for, though? Like, like, that's gone. But it's still... There is still stuff of, like, you know be who you are just don't let the government interfere with you and stuff like that which i guess could be miscon i guess because they're not like denouncing i don't know that I just... lifestyle peter tell us what else you have uh, against the libertarians no it's really it like i like i said i'd say that you know 90 percent we agree and i even i like the what what i brought up with adam on the, on the show was was the spreadsheet that compared constitution party to libertarian party and there were like I can't remember the exact number. It was like three to five bullet points where we didn't agree. Everything else were 
were perfect. But all of those three to five that where we didn't agree have been at least tamed down on, on the Libertarian Party. I mean, the Constitutionist Party, every point of the party platform points to the Constitution, the Declaration, or the Bible, or a combination of those three. So on, on the idea of abortion, Constitution Party is strictly no, don't ever, it's murder, can't do it, can't sanction it. I was always a go-along-to-get-along guy on that route. And when we had a line, when it was the you know 22 or 25 weeks, depending on what state you were in, I was like, I don't agree with abortion, but okay. That's what society has agreed to. I got involved in politics when New York and Virginia said, nope, you can murder the baby even after it's born. <laughs> yeah. That's when I started getting involved in politics. Because I thought, okay, people are gone crazy. Yeah, that's fair. I guess, Tyler, I guess for us that abortion plank is technically like in the economic liberty part under healthcare, but like it doesn't really mention abortion. It just, like I said, it says we favor a free market healthcare system. Medical facilities, medical providers, and medical products, including drugs, must be freely available in the marketplace without government restrictions or licenses. We recognize the freedom of individuals to determine the level of health insurance they want, if any, the level of health care they want, the care providers they want, the medicines and treatments they will use, and all other aspects of their medical care, including end-of-life decisions. People should be free to purchase health insurances across state lines. We oppose governments either mandating or restricting voluntary access to medical treatments or procedures, including vaccines. That's that's right. it. We're, we're, and, we're never going to come out and say no because... I'm fine with all of that. And the end of life decisions is fine as far as it's your own life. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, there was a, a, an overt um, abortion plank in there that got removed, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. It was clearly, yes. it's none of your damn business. We can kill a baby whenever we want. Like, yeah. it was way, yeah. way that was and I know of, that that really ruffled a lot of feathers, and I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm much more um, feel better about that. I mean, for me, I was like, I'm joining the party. I, that's just one part I don't I don't agree with. Right. Um, I'm, you know, the the full on abortion stuff. Um, so, I, and I know people don't like it now, but I think it leaves it open to to some agreement or or, or like disagreement, and you can still have this be your party. Um, I, I I mean, for us, um, it, it's it's a it's a it's a self ownership thing. And mm -hmm. I, I, then there's so many different people that have tried to jump around. I don't know if you've ever heard of these, um, like, uh, the eviction, um, talking about treating it kind of like a, uh, someone you invite into your home and that you have the ability to evict them. It's, it's some other philosophies. They don't work out as well either. And so it's, it's such a difficult part. And if you think it's, you know, murder, you're going to be on one side and then, I just look me growing up. I was probably similar to what you just described, Peter, which is I didn't really have a stance on it. It was just, you know, I'm religious. Our church didn't really do anything about it. They just kind of ignored everything. And um, so it was just something I never thought about. But I always got creeped out of the people that were pro to the point where they were going to preach it in the streets. Uh -huh. um, that that was always creepy to me. <laughs> right. And so you, you're like, well, I. I don't know how it's not a VW bug when it comes out. It's definitely a child. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no way that it's not. So, um, it's, it's weird. So yeah, I, I feel very good about the, um, like I said, Austin Peterson started talking about it. Like, well, this is a person that's growing in there. They have rights. You can't aggress upon them. And for me, you can take this eviction idea, which is you invite someone into your house, which is you get pregnant, you had sex, 
but you are, that person is in there for a nine month lease. You can't just evict them. You know right. what that property right is that they have now. That's, and, that's a good um, argument. I like that. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, I, I heard um, Walter Block. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a very famous libertarian guy. He had this whole idea. And then I started to push, but I started to think about this from my angle of the lease. And then I'm like, oh, I've got this great you know, thing to combat. And then I looked it up and some other one guy had gone through pages and pages of literature saying the same thing. So I'm not original. That's all. <laughs> no, but you are because you thought of it. It's not like you, uh, you saw that. It was an original thought to you. That's like a college kid where the first time they think of something, they think it's the first time anyone's ever thought about it. And that's just pathetic. You know, you know, for sure, I do it all the time. But it's still, it's still original to you, though. <laughs> like, it's not yeah, uh, like, still, um, yeah. Ken Krawchuk. Oh, I love Ken. I personally know Ken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In uh, fact, Ken just emailed like me name. literally to uh, to go on uh, to go speak at the Montgomery County uh, Libertarian Party meeting. But like Ken, Ken's a really, really knowledgeable uh, yeah, libertarian. I had Ken on the show for an hour. Oh, fuck. And, I uh, Ken. We, it, it, I believe it's my most downloaded episode. That makes sense. Actually, Ken blew me off from my own show. We're friends. <laughs> like, like a year ago. He's supposed to come on. He never did. Uh, yeah, Ken is a really smart guy. He really knows his 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 procedure law and stuff for party stuff. He knows like uh, – I can't remember the name. What was the book he wrote that was like uh, – it was Anne Rand's like the follow-up after, after Atlas Shrugged. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, At Atlas Snubbed. That, oh, was, that was that sounds like a Ken Crawshaw title. Honestly, it <laughs> like a, what, yeah. You should get that. Uh, yeah, no, Ken. Awesome. Ken. Ken's a good dude. I'm glad you had Ken on. Yeah, Ken's awesome. I gotta ask Peter, what do you think of Ayn Rand? I, I don't know. I I never read it. Okay. I, I can't. I don't like her either. No, right. yeah. well, a lot of people. A lot of people like, say, "Oh, I don't like libertarians," and then they point to her, and that's not right. really what what it is. No, it's so. not that I don't like libertarians at all. For one, thing, oh, no, no, I'm just saying. I, I got to say one thing. I, I I hate the fact that language got changed so much that you have to be called libertarians and not yeah. liberals. Yeah. Which yeah, in the rest of in the rest of the world, that's what liberal means. The, you know the the liberty focused. You know, the, it's true. In fact, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't like libertarianism like subverted by commies at one point or something? <laughs> like, well, I mean, uh, Peters obviously thought it was when he talked to you. He's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. But didn't they try to steal that word at one point and try to use like libertarianism as like a commie thing? And they were like, nah. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. I, I know that the liberal, you know, that was the definite um, change that they. I don't know when that happened. Uh, but they definitely, you know, it was, uh, they wanted to make, anyway, the progressives went down that route. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 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 I they, don't know that history. I just have heard they, it years ago. They somehow absconded our word. Yeah. Um, because if you, if you read like old stuff, like most of the founding fathers were yeah. liberals. And if yeah. you look in any other country in the world, the word liberal refers to people like us who want to fight for liberty. Um, but now here in this country, it means lefty nut job. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that happened, so I want to say that. I I agree with with the Libertarian Party. Like I said from the beginning, I agree with you with almost everything. It's just I believe that a form of government is necessary, and that the U.S. Constitution is the best government that's ever been made by man. Yeah, we no, just stop paying attention to it. The the U.S. Constitution is that. I just still, it all goes back to the same thing of like, yeah, no, that was a great document written by some smart dudes, but then 
it never stays that. And right. how do you but get it to stay that? <laughs> you can't. But, but the same argument's going to say to you when you have your anarcho-capitalism. You don't think you don't think that some of these capitalist companies are going to form together and find ways to to break the rules and become corrupt and squish the liberties and the rights of the people that they serve. It's going to happen no matter what form the world is. I think the the U.S. Constitution specifically outlined, and, and there's one place where even our Supreme Court has has used and pointed at as the how they get away with all of this, and that's um, Article Two, Section Eight, where it lists out the powers of Congress. The the uh, I can't think of the words for it right now. The General welfare, the general welfare clause. Okay, the necessary and proper and general welfare. The necessary and proper clause, Article 2, Section 8. Madison, remember Madison being the guy who actually penned the Constitution, who was there for all of the arguments and debates and took all, and took all the notes from all of the delegates and wrote the Constitution argued when he was president and in the house as as a member of the house of representatives he argued that the necessary and proper clause of article 2 section 8 was only to apply to the rest of article 2 section 8 which lists out the powers of congress but now 245 years later we look at that necessary and proper clause as the well we can do anything we think is necessary and proper so at what point did we stop ignoring the guy who wrote the Constitution? His words and his arguments. And start going with the, but we're big bad government, we can do what we want. What, do you have any ideas of how to get back to that? Like, you ever thought about like what we could Hundreds do and hundreds of elected officials who understand the Constitution. Constitutional originalists, as I call them. People like... Justice Alito and Justice Thomas and, and the people that believe that the Constitution should be interpreted the way it was in originally intended and not whatever interpretation we want to put on it. And we can tell how it was originally intended to be interpreted. We have the writings of the Founding Fathers. We have the Federalist Papers. We have the, the statements and the letters and the arguments that these these founding fathers made when they held elected office after the constitution was made so we know what the original intent was okay so my question and this is to maybe possibly get a strike on my channel here but fucking uh we're all in agreement that government's corrupt and can't be trusted okay let's have a concerted effort to get thousands of people out there in the election who actually are going to make a change how, if it's so corrupt, those elections just don't get won. If you catch my drift, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> One held up the the House of Representatives for how long to get a speaker elected? Three, yeah, like 13, 13 times. <laughs> Twenty people. Imagine but he eventually he got, got it though. He won. He still got it. But they also got a one vote motion where yeah. one person can stand up in the house and call for him to to, to basically prove that he stays speaker mm. a vote of no confidence it would be called in any other country but we call it something vacate the chair one person can stand up in the house and say i want a, a motion to vacate the chair 
and they have to stop what they're doing and vote to see if he stays Speaker of the House. That's a pretty big win. But and will it happen? Like, <laughs> it never ha- nothing ever happens, though. I mean, you ha- you- saying. That was 20 holdouts got that ginormous concession from this guy. Be polite. Imagine if that 20 holdouts was 150 or 200. How do we get it to that, though? That's the problem, right? It's always just not enough people, and it's always just so fucking corrupt. that okay, no what, matter- do you do? what do you do to make sure that the election runs smoothly? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer. <laughs> what do you personally do? I, I truly, I wouldn't know. I mean, th- there would be, you would have to, this requires so many moving parts. My, 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 I never thought this through. So I guess my first, if you give me a lot of money to handle this problem, I'm going to try to find no, the I, most. No, not give you anything. What can you do tomorrow to make sure that your election in your town runs smoothly? I mean, I don't know. How would, how would I? I'm not counting Go the votes. Go down to your election office and volunteer. To do what, be though? Count? <laughs> be Stop. one of the people at the polling station on election day to make sure that they're following the rules and doing it right. But let's say the machine's corrupted. How would you know that? You just you still follow it through you, the machine and the machine checks off Democrats. But you can at least check the numbers to say, I know this many ballots went into the machine because that's how many ballots we did today. And you can compare that number to the machine at the end of the day and make sure they're at least not changing the total number of ballots that went in. No, you that's, that's sure, true. You, you, you can, can make that. sure. That when my town, you know, you're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know what a Pennsylvania state constable does? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the one thing a Pennsylvania state constable is required to do by law? The one thing that they oh, can do. Oh, uh, show up on election day and like check it out. <laughs> guard the polls. Yeah. Protect the polls. My town didn't elect a constable last municipal election. When I saw what a constable does, I went out and got myself appointed to be constable for my town. So I am a Pennsylvania state constable. Oh, that's actually awesome. And the only thing yeah. I do with that badge and that job is I, I go to my five polling stations in a uniform with a gun and make sure that the peace is maintained on on election day at the polling stations. The cool thing about that job is technically you could go bring in people for warrants, but if you yeah. have a bunch of liberty-minded people doing that job, no one's getting brought in for warrants. <laughs> well, it depends on what the warrants for. Well, yeah, for sure. But, uh, but still, yeah, like that's, that I is like- a... I like how Peter asked the question, knowing that he just really wanted to tell the story about. No, (laughs) when I did that research to find out what the constable does, I found out that there were in my county, there were three hundred vacant elected jobs. Yeah, there's so many. In fact, uh, the Libertarian Party of PA, uh, the the, I guess we still have use it. It's called we call it the Malta maneuver, based off the name of this guy. But pretty much, it's like any on any uncontested election, just run it. Yeah. You'll, you'll win, or but then my, my 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 but my pushback on that is is not that you shouldn't do it because it's an easy win, right? If you have no one running and if, if someone just signs up, that's an automatic win. Sure, do it. My whole thing is like don't put time and money into like that because you're wasting resources that you don't really need them to. And the old guard was like big on like just putting money into a thing that didn't need to put money into. But no, that is I think a good idea to fill in empty spots and vacant spots, liberty minded people for sure. But my also counter to that is 
this last election. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a documentary made, 2000 Mules, whatever the fuck it was, right? Yeah, people being like, here's election fraud, here's all this, here's all that, and then nothing happened. That's, that's my point. So it's like you have people being like, look, here's evidence. And then the government, again, so corrupt, they just go, cool. But how many of these people at the local level can be the whistleblower, can stop the fraud, can, you know, make sure the rules at the local level are being founded, are, are being followed? If there's 300 vacant positions, that means that somebody somewhere is getting his buddies to come in and fill those positions on election day. And if that buddy is part of the process shall we say if they're part of the corrupt organization we just made it easier for them if there's 300 empty i can't assume that my county is all that special if there's no there's a lot right yeah there's probably 300,000 vacant election day jobs across the country why you go unemployed? Get to get yourself something. To, uh, it's I mean it's a two day a year job. Anybody can afford two days a year. Yeah, it sucks. It doesn't pay well. I get like eighty five bucks to use my own car and drive around to five different polling stations all day long. And oh by the way, I'm wearing a thousand dollars worth of equipment that I had to buy myself to earn that eighty five dollars. <laughs> it's it's. You can't complain about election fraud and corruption and then know that you've got that many empty spots and not do something about it. Like, I'm not saying you personally. No, no, because I'm, I'm part of uh, the Bucks County LP over here, and I, I, I'm involved, so I do help out and stuff like that. But, like, uh, no, it's just, it's just I don't think that's is what it's going to take to, like, stop the corruption is like how to start somewhere if i think if, uh, yeah i just think yeah, we gotta go bigger and i just know what people, it is though if there's five people at at the local polling station right you got the you got the judge of elections the uh, the minority party inspector the majority party inspector and two other there's i don't know i think it's five that are required at every one of those if three of those five aren't elected Three of those five were the judge of elections who just, just drugged somebody along with them that day. The process isn't being done right. And my judge of elections in my district is an out-and-out admitted socialist. Awesome. So if he's dragging his buddies <laughs> to fill in empty spots, what's that doing for your liberty? Yeah. You got to start somewhere, and if filling the, these empty spots is is a, I, I think it's a start. It at least shows you're trying to do something, not sitting there and complaining. I don't want to be a guy who sits behind this microphone for two hours a week and just complains. I want solutions. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I kind of just made me think about the uh, the the 2020 election. Was that the one uh, Trump no. lost? It's been a while now. Um, Right. Yeah. with the with the with the voter fraud in all the lawsuits after the fact and, and that was actually part of the problem was lawsuits after the fact here out of the mountain california and they had changed some voting things and we we jumped on it and filed suit and got it knocked down before the election and then when you look at a lot of these lawsuits that didn't make it their their thing they say look the, you should have brought these before 
this happened. Now you, you, the law went into effect or they didn't. I know there was some things there in Pennsylvania. Uh, and then they bring the, the election happens. Then they bring the suit and it's too late. So that right. was, a, that was a lot of problems that they had as well. And, right. and, and you're in you Pennsylvania, just, um, act yeah. 77, where the state legislature, in my opinion, unconstitutionally created out of whole cloth, the mail-in ballot. Yeah. Yeah. The Pennsylvania state constitution says, these are the reasons you're allowed to get a mail-in ballot. Basically an absentee spells out the reasons. I had the Senate majority leader on my show and I asked him about, I grilled him about act 77. He said, I thought he said, we, we didn't change the constitution. We didn't, we created a new ballot class. I'm like, you can't do that. Dumbass. Like (laughs) if the constitution says, this is how you vote and that you don't get to just say, or this way, you have to add it to the constitution. The problem with a lawsuit against that is you have the before or after argument that you were just making is that if you, you can't sue somebody before injury, as they say, you don't have standing. You can't sue somebody because the steering wheel pulled off your car, but you weren't in an accident. The steering wheel pulls off your car and you get hurt. Then you can sue. The same thing goes with all the stupid stuff. They changed this election law. Nobody was hurt. No damage was done. No election had been held yet. So you can't sue. And But then after the fact, you get the judge that says, well, it's too late now. The election's already certified. You should have done this beforehand. So, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the legal system is, is messing with it, too. It, how many of these judges said that they didn't even want to hear the cases and didn't want to see the evidence? Well, why do you get to make that decision of to not even see evidence? I'm yeah. trying to remember the, the legal term. This is horrible because I'm an attorney, but you can actually <laughs> you can actually ask uh, uh, take it before um, the the courts and ask them for uh, a judicial not judicial review, but some sort of judicial announce uh, procurement of what this law is going to do. And matter of fact, the 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 case just before the Supreme Court. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was about. Oh, it was the, the gay cake one. That's exactly what it is. It actually, there has not been, it's the new gay cake one, right? She wants to, a gay, um, oh, a website, web design. That's exactly yeah, what it Yeah, the web was. designer. That's yeah, right. that there had not actually been, but she wanted to make sure to see. And so the, it went up all the way through the, the Supreme Court and they made a, a, you know, a ruling on that. So you can actually bring cases. And I think that's what we did here in California because they changed it and it wasn't constitutional. We asked for judicial review and they, they came out and knocked it down. And so before the election, they could not use their new voting procedures that they were trying to have in place. And that's what I think a lot of them should have done. And um, yeah, they didn't even look at, and by the way, not seeing without having to rehash a lot of this, looking at some of those court cases, you know, they didn't necessarily look at the evidence because a lot of it was procedural stuff like uh, uh, my, my, my rights were being, you know, um, taken, taken to task and, and whatnot. So it wasn't necessarily going to look at the evidence involved. Mm-hmm. And now the Carrie Lake was a different situation, though. Yeah. Carrie Lake's got seems to have her ducks in a row, so to speak, is, is yeah. in her documentation. Yeah, seems but to. she didn't win, do it? I think she lost. I'm almost positive she lost, but uh, yeah, but this still all goes back to 
Everything's majorly corrupt. <laughs> and we yeah. can't and we can't fucking so I, I think, barrel I think through gotta, it. Look, the Supreme Court or the courts, uh, you know, this is a battle that you can you can take things all different ways. And I think right now the Supreme Court has kind of helped us. Right. They're 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 doing a few things of pushing back. We saw that with the OSHA ruling, um, some of these other ones that we have, the the the, <laughs> the knocking down Roe v. Wade. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of there's a few different things. So um, and I guess, you know, to Peter's point, that means you're 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 concentrated and you're actually caring about what the elections are. Cause you got to get your guy in there. Who's then going to, I hate that the, the Supreme court is so politicized that it makes a difference that it's such a big deal as to who's president to pick these people. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think that's kind of where we're at, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's just, that's why I, I feel like we're just constantly out of whim to these people who we really don't even, elect. I don't even mean like a corruption elected way. I mean, like, we elect these senators, and they're just lifetime. That's it. It's like it's like that's the shit I mean. Like for, forget all the fucking corruption and stuff. There's sh- basic shit like that. Like you talked about before. It's like we didn't vote on that. We didn't vote to keep senators to return limit. They did, and then they voted to give themselves a raise. Wait, it's like what what what's the 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 popularity of of term limits is like what eighty five percent of the population thinks that it, there should be term limits. It has to be, but but they won't. Do it ever, right? So that's my, that's my point. How do you fucking stop that? Oh, you don't. Okay, and here we are again. In another two years, arguing the same dumb shit because all these corrupt. It's it's just. I just feel like the monster just got too big and it's just so fucking corrupt. There's oh, there's is. no getting there's no getting Gizmo back to Gizmo. He's just monster Gizmo now. Like that's Peter, it. Peter, what, do you, what do you think of like a national divorce? Yeah, good question. I I don't know how it would work. Um. I've actually heard good arguments on both sides as to whether or not the South should have been allowed to secede during the Civil War. Um, There's a a legal argument to be made for maintaining the Union or the states being allowed to secede. It makes perfect sense. The national divorce thing, what do you do? How? What, What are the logistics of that? Like, you Hey, here's the line. You've got three weeks to move. If you're, I mean, I, I'm in Pennsylvania, which is primarily a red state with blue pockets of population. It's two blue pockets that determine every. It's Pittsburgh and Philly, and they determine every election. Pittsburgh, Philly, Center County, where Pennsylvania, where Penn State, oh. is, and that's where I live. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you draw the like. How do you? I guess it'd be by state, state by state. I mean, that's how it would initially start. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Oregon's trying to become part of Idaho, at least part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The the, the eastern side of Oregon wants to. uh, Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's could be things like that, but um, I I think the civil war that we had, you know, and and um, (laughs) Lincoln's unconstitutional yes (laughs) uh, approaches to things. Uh, knocked out any chance for uh, states to just easily, but you know it's it's happened before. I mean, there's been uh, civil wars that have been. I, I I'm a divorce attorney, and not everything is is a is a a war. So we could do a divorce. We just need a I don't know a lot of divorce attorneys, maybe. A lot. A, a lot. <laughs> that sounds like yeah, a horrible but, prospect. But but what's what's better at this point, people? 
it, it, this country is so big. So would you would you not rather have a bunch of like minded people forming their own place and a bunch of other like minded people forming their own place? It's kind of happening though, isn't it? I mean, it, the COVID thing is almost forcing people. You know, the Floridas, Idaho's, different places that are. I mean, it's you know, I'm in California. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're leaving. Yeah, yeah. New York and California lost seats, right? At the yes, or ha- yep. whatever the fuck. Yeah, yes. Pennsylvania did too, I think, actually, because we were. Uh, we gained one. Oh, we get oh, we oh, we gained one. I thought we lost one. I thought, I thought so. We may have. I because obviously, outside of Philly and Pittsburgh, it was pretty fine. Like I never really during the whole COVID regime. Yeah, the mass stuff, but like. I know um, Bucks County, at least the the DA was like, we're not going to absolutely prosecute anybody for not wearing a mask or like or any of that shit. So I know that much. But like, so yeah, it was whatever. But like, if you went to Pittsburgh or Philly, it was like everywhere you went, it was COVID, 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 COVID. But outside of that, it was like whatever. You know, so I I don't know. Yeah, the Oregon thing, the Florida thing, the Idaho thing, sure. But like Peter said, okay, is Philly going to want to leave the United States of America? If the rest of Pennsylvania, the rest of Pennsylvania well, does, that, no. Like you and I, what if you know Philly votes to to or uh, Pennsylvania votes to be freaking communist or something? What? Yeah. What do we do? What do we do? Like, yeah. No, there's a lot of. I mean, I don't know. I still think it's better to be separate than to keep this bullshit going for sure. I just don't have the answer of how. I, again, I, I, I think a lot of it goes back. It gets to education. We need to. We we need to take back education of our children and and young people in general and well everybody to be honest there's too many people out there that think that you know government is the answer well yeah <laughs> I mean, the only way that you can ever think that is you clearly did not learn american history and yeah. you did not learn what our country is founded on we are an anomaly as a country you know, the average constitutional republic lasts 50 years. We've lasted 244. Yeah. At least half of that, we were relatively free. <laughs> Our country is is basically the only country in the history of the world founded on the idea that government is there to protect the rights of the people. But we don't teach that anymore. And because we don't teach that anymore, nobody ever questions it. There has to be some kind of a hunger for that. I, I get the the teaching part too, but there's a lot of you know when COVID happened, I was like, oh, it's going to be the the libertarian moment. You're going to be able to kinda, you know, show, <laughs> show, show this wrong. And a lot of my people around here, they're just like, oh, you know, flog me harder. And you're just like, okay. I know. Uh, I happen to be in a Macy's closing sale, like a, a Macy's store last day or last week of business closing sale when when the people with the big signs coming in selling when governor wolf announced that we would be closed you know the everything was closing at midnight that night and everything in macy's went to 90 percent off <laughs> my wife has this really beautiful sapphire choker and her <laughs> set of real pearls and all like we got, yeah, yeah yeah why not and i went along with it the first time because the first time eh, Maybe this is a bad virus. We don't know. We'll give them a couple of days. Two weeks to flatten the curve, right? By the end of that two weeks, we knew that only old people and unhealthy people were dying. Yeah. That they kept everything locked down. When Governor Wolf closed down the state the second time, I made public statements on all of my social media platforms and my 
my radio show and everything. And I said, anybody within driving distance of me, if you're willing to violate these orders, I will come support your business. I don't care what your business is. Mm-hmm. So I ate in a whole bunch of restaurants I didn't normally eat in. I, I got a surprise tattoo That's from a, cool. <laughs> from a shop that I happened to drive by. And we're like, hey, look, he looked open. Let's <laughs> That's cool. Um, there are more people that seem to be waking up now. Uh, there are more people that, you know, you got Elon Musk is doing a, a pretty good job of bringing attention to liberty and corruption. Yeah. You got the 20 guys at the House of Representatives did a pretty good job of standing up and, and making a case. We'll see how they do, though. Right. Yeah. We'll see how that goes, you know, long term. Bated breath. But but I think more and more people are starting to wake up. I don't think it's a massive wave of people yet. But I think I think it's starting. You've got to have some sort of so it's like the bailouts for the banks, right? When when a bank's able to uh, put out risk or yeah or actually get the reward, and then the risk is all mitigated by the government. Yeah, that's what's what's the point, right? And I almost think COVID was that way for a lot of people as well. Like, oh, okay, well, the government's just get. I mean, I don't without getting into too personal stuff of what I, some clients and stuff I have, but they're all getting upset because baby daddy got all the COVID relief and that's my money. You know, it's just insane how much was coming at everybody during this time. Mm-hmm. And so their their mentality is not to step back and go, oh, the government is imposing these these erroneous these onerous uh rules on me and sh- making my business shut down because oh i'm getting i'm getting money i'm getting a ppp loan i'm getting mm-hmm. uh, all these other freebies and so that's kind of like yeah, I, I i did get it yeah. <laughs> I, I i couldn't help it the money was coming into my accounts you know because you you pay taxes or whatever so i i bought a gun i bought a big generator i built a chicken coop <laughs> i was doing the, <laughs> all kinds of stuff with it so no you, you you guys make a good point because i i heard uh I was, I was on a beach and i heard this chick one time talking to her friend and she was like uh oh yeah why would, she goes why would i find a job when the government's paying me unemployment and a COVID thing that's what she said verbatim and i was like yeah you're right why would you yeah. <laughs> like, why would you? Why? why? I never got that deal. Yeah. I mean, this, I this worked shit, the whole time. Like, yeah, this shit's probably making like too, fucking two, three thousand dollars a month off the government. And she's like, yeah, why would I go work? Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> like, why would you? That's, why the fuck would you want to get up like in the smart morning and get a business decision to me? Yeah. It, it's just, but that's, but th- that's just someone I overheard one time. How many people are, are living that life? You know what I'm saying? Like the same exact thing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm getting unemployment and whatever from this or whatever from this or whatever from this and this and this or or even daddy's giving me money. So it's, it's like all these people, you have like a whole generation of like just people who don't want to do shit and they just look to government like uh, mm-hmm. like they're God. Like, this is always a thing I found interesting. The left will mock religion and God. Like it's so fucking stupid. You worship a fucking guy in the sky or whatever. But then they'll turn around and suck the dick of government and do whatever the fucking government says. Like it's their God. And they do not they do not see that they're just worshiping an actual physical body entity instead of a faith thing, which is I'd rather go with the faith thing. Or or they worship, you know, uh, that, 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 that climate Bail. change. Yeah, <laughs> they, they worship a, a, a scientific theory like you know climate change ah we gotta well yeah that, that that was a cover like trust the science trust the, like even though my whole life i was told like science is like a changing evolving thing and it's never really yeah. set in stone my whole life i was taught that until 2020 right. then it was right. no this is actually set in stone forever 
Oh, by the way, don't, okay. look at the, don't look at the definition of scientific t- scientific process. I mean that that the theory, you know, don't do do that. By the way, back to the um, uh, the climate stuff. This morning, I heard a a clip on the radio, and it was Al Gore. He's out there talking, you know, wherever the climate people are right now, and he literally said, "The ocean's boiling." <laughs> right, he's talking about right now, and I'm like, well, "Who boils fish?" But evidently, we do. I don't know. Dude, there, there's articles from the 80s and like being like, Miami will be underwater yeah. by 1998. If we don't stop what we're doing, and we didn't stop what we're doing, and Miami's fine. No, in the <laughs> 70s, it was, you know, there's going to be an ice age. And then yeah. in the 80s, it was acid rain. And in the 90s, it was, you know, whatever. It's, they, I don't understand how anybody still believes any of them anymore. No, like, the, yeah. you can't be wrong that many times and then just change the goalpost. And have any credibility, but yet somehow they still do. I talk about Peter, though, the, the problem is even the, the the COVID stuff, those people that were so wrong, and now they're uh, the Dr. Wen, I, I know Dave Smith uh, just was showing clips, and she's kind of coming out. She's so wrong, but now she's like, oh, things change. It's like, oh, my God. So that's yeah, just in why? a few years, Peter, and you're talking about like 30, 40. We can't right. remember that. Nobody can't, education point. can't remember. I don't understand. Like, like, <laughs> It's Dr. Fauci. Six months before any of us had ever heard of COVID, Dr. Anthony Fauci was a co-author of a study or a report or something that basically said that masks don't do anything for right. respiratory viruses. I have a clip of him explicitly saying not to buy masks on my phone right now. <laughs> right. But, but he was lying when he said that. Remember, of course. He, didn't, yeah. right. he didn't want you to run out and buy right. a mask. Because right. they needed them for the doctors. Right. Even though, like I said, six months before anybody ever heard of this thing, he said that masks don't do anything for respiratory viruses. But if you say that in public, you're a conspiracy theorist left or nut job. And you, mm-hmm. you're trying to kill grandma. And how dare you question science? This was something, and I think we're talking about like we're talking about the the elites too much, and the people of power. They know what they're doing. Right. Our problem is our fellow friends and family who that are so along. fucking stupid. <laughs> like I was talking to my friend Matt, fellow comic. I love Matt to death, but liberal liberal guy, you know, wife's pretty liberal, and uh, we were just talking about um, the mass shit. I was like, yeah, mass stuff was fucking dumb, right? And he was like, well, you know, it helped. I went, nah. It didn't. No. And then he's like, no, it did. He's like, I'm like, I'm like, Matt, I can send you studies to say they don't, but you're just going to dismiss them, right? But I'm like, I'm just going to forget that. How about this? This is a vape. Tell me this, Matt. Are vape particles bigger or smaller than a microscopic virus? And he was like, smaller. A vape's bigger. I was like, right. Now, if I wear a mask, I could vape through my fucking mask. He's like, yeah. I go, that's all I should have to say for you to understand what I'm getting at. He's like, no, nah, I don't understand. I go, if I could vape through my mask and those are bigger particles then why would microscopic little ones stop why would that stop from the mask he's like well I, like there's no answer they just keep repeating what they're told yeah. and i'm like oh okay so this is just a pointless conversation i'm having okay and then i did send him articles by the way about mask stuff he's like well those are like libertarian like backed articles i was like all right man we're done here and they weren't by the way one was one out of four <laughs> like it just doesn't matter look at dr peter mccullough hmm? who prior to covid was the most published cardiologist in the history of the world. Yep. He was the top of the game, has written more articles and, and than any other cardiologist 
ever. But he questioned COVID, and now they they're threatening to take his license away. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, Adam, you, you on the mass, it's a, literally their rosary. I mean, that's kind of what it ended up <laughs> yes. turning into. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny what you talk about um, Fauci lying about the mass. He did it to save, or so he had more for the doctors. But if it's as deadly and the masks save you like they now claim, then he was willing to sacrifice millions, hundreds, if not millions of <laughs> people just for a few doctors, which I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It may, none of it makes sense. But this is, this is what I'm saying. I feel like everything we're saying is very much like, that makes sense. But yeah. then I talk to my dumb little friends and they're just like, rah, 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 rah. and you're just like, hey, man, I don't know how else to lay this out to you in yeah. like a normal way. And also the thing with them too is like, if I just go, hey, masks don't work, their immediate reaction is anger and yelling. There's no like, oh, why do you <laughs> yeah. say that? There's That's never, I'm telling you right now, that's not a thing I ever encounter. So it's like, I'm at, the, I'm at the point where I don't even talk about this shit with, with, cause I'm, I'm yeah. in the world of comedy and I, I'm just surrounded by liberals. That's just what it is, right? Uh, very <laughs> few uh, conservative libertarians in the world of comedy, okay? And I'm friends with all of them. Uh, the ones that are, I'm friends with all of them. <laughs> Most of them are fucking le- left leaning. So I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with, I don't talk about it. I don't mention it. I don't bring it up at shows and green rooms. But I'll tell you who does mention it those motherfuckers. And they will come out and find me on purpose to yell at me, even though I'm not talking about it. Because they just want to put their point. That's what I'm saying. They're so hell-bent on their point being pushed. I could be in a green room at a comedy show, to, an hour into the comedy show, having a great time. And someone's like, why do you hate black people? Or whatever the fuck is like, I'm a libertarian. I'm like, why are you a literal Nazi? And I'm like, come on, dude. I don't even want to talk about this shit. I want to talk about dick jokes and fucking why giraffes are stupid. Not like the economy and like your dumb wrong thoughts on how the, the world works. That's the other thing, too. None of them read a fucking book about any of this they're talking about ever no one ever does research they don't read a book they don't read articles they just go someone told me this and i'm just gonna repeat that shit back right to your fucking face like a parrot it's 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 mind-numbing dude i'm just over it all I'm, i just wash my hands of it i'm done with it for sure oh no oh no oh no what's happening to your camera <laughs> books oh books yes <laughs> books yes lots of books yeah books it's all it's read Read one thing, like the best is the, the economics argument. People start like all these communists, uh, you know, like this money and this, you got to do this. I go, how many books do you read about economics? Like zero. Okay, cool. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like a fucking circle. I feel like never ending circle. Yeah. Apparently I, I messed up my camera though. I don't know. Uh, the books are talking of <laughs> Peter. Is, is it he's there. I heard him, but I think his camera's oh, okay. fucked. Yeah. My, my camera froze now. Hey, you know, I just heard my wife come home too, so I should probably. No, that's cool. We we, we can wrap it up. Um, uh, Tyler, everybody, tell everybody where they can find you and your podcast and all your social media stuff. Yeah, the Libertarian Podcast Review. We review podcasts, mostly libertarian bent stuff. Maybe I'll check out Peter's stuff. Uh, Tyler Yonke, T Y L E R J A N K E on Twitter. T- tune in tomorrow. I'm going to break down this book called The Respondent. It's this guy, Greg Ellis, had a horrible situation in family law in California. And I immediately didn't believe him. And now he's he's <laughs> gonna push, he's gonna push um, something that I believe in, which is the court system suck and all this, and it's great. And he's hated by the Amber Heard types. I, I'm I'm totally there, but I feel he's not telling the truth, which mm. then is disingenuous for his kind of point of view. So um, check us out because uh, Andy and I are gonna go over the first uh, seventy or so pages of the book, and then I found his court documents online too. So check that out. Very cool, uh, Peter. Where we find you and your great show. 
Oh, the show is live Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on uh, republicbroadcasting.org. Um, or if you like watching the video, you, you know, like the long gray-haired beard guy, uh, you can check that out at liberty-lighthouse.com where you can also find all of my books and everything else. Or if you want to have some fun, I have another website. I'm running a fake campaign for president. It's Peter, <laughs> the number four, Peter four president.com perfect guys go to that support them uh tyler you're the best i love you as always peter thank you for coming on this is fun we gotta get you back on and maybe a few months down the road to keep uh keep this up keep figuring out what what makes our party so great <laughs> and different from the other ones uh everybody else you guys know where i'm at i'll talk to you guys off air i'll say goodbye to you guys off air uh everybody thanks for tuning in to porcupine uh next week we'll figure out what we're doing as always thank you for tuning in bye thanks for listening Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG at Adam Nutter or Facebook and TikTok at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.